Welcome to Love String, love stories that tie us all together. I am your host, Rachel Fiorello, a true believer in love and now a dedicated teller of love stories. In episode three of season two, you'll hear Steve share his beautiful love story that he shared with his bride of 44 years before she lost her battle with cancer. So sit back, open up your hearts, and get ready to fall in love. Steve, thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure, Rachel. I am looking forward to hearing your love story. So if you wouldn't mind starting me off and telling me where it all started. Um, my wife's name was Judy, and I knew her identical twin, Tony, before I knew Judy. We were pals. When I met Judy, I wanted to ask her out, but I wouldn't because at the time she was dating a buddy of mine from Villanova. Shortly after meeting Judy, I was a part at a party that was also attended by the twins. And I'm slow dancing with Tony, telling her how much I like Judy and how much I want to take her out. And at the end of the dance, she says, thank you. I'm Judy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a, that's a true story. And it was the first of many curveballs the Judster would throw me over the years. Oh my gosh, that is that's great! Talk about some <laughs> talk about an awkward moment. What was your reaction to that? <laughs> I laughed. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. So you know, uh, actually, over the years, uh, we live five minutes. We lived five minutes away from Judy's identical twin. We had six children. She had three. Um, each time her twin was pregnant, so was Judy. All right. And they all went, they both went to the same stores. So the twin, Tony, would have the baby and come into a store not pregnant anymore. And 20 minutes later, Judy would come in pregnant and would drive people crazy. <laughs> I mean, they really looked a lot alike and confused a lot of people. That's so great. I love that. So after you guys danced together, you dropped the bomb on her <laughs> un unknowingly. Where did you guys go from there? Uh, first date, I can still remember. It's February 24th, 1967. In fact, I always gave her flowers on the anniversary of our first date. In fact, I always bring flowers to the cemetery now. And we went downtown to the movies. Uh, back then, you dressed up when you went downtown. Judy had on a navy blue dress with a white collar. She looked great. And afterwards, we went to a restaurant in Bryn Mawr, and we talked for a long time. And uh, one of the things we talked about was something that was tearing me apart. One of my best friends from Villanova, Jimmy Griffin, was dying of cancer. And uh, I was having a hard time coming to grips with that. About a month or so later, um, Griff's wife, Annie, uh, they were from Chicago. And she brought them east for the last time to say goodbye. We were all at a party together. Uh, he had gone with Annie all through college, Mariner, uh, Shortly after graduation, I was his best man. I hardly ever dated the same girl more than once or twice. At the party, Griff takes me aside. Last time the two of us would ever get to talk face to face, just the two of us. And he smiled, nodded toward her and said, just so you know, she's the one. And he was right. So uh, uh, exactly a year and a half from our first date, we, uh, we got married. 
That's so sweet. And and what a great message. Like what a great last conversation you got to have with him and knowing that, you know, you had his blessing and I'm sure, you know, maybe he would have been a part of your wedding and what a great thing to know that he gave that stamp of approval. Uh, I, I treasure that. That's why I mentioned that in Julie's eulogy. So you guys get married and, and, and take me back actually for a second. How old were you when you guys met? Uh, when I, when we met, I was 23, Judy was 22. Um, Judy was a year and a half younger than I, uh, when we got married, uh, I was 24 and Judy was just 23. We got married August 24th. Her birthday's August 20th. So, and, uh, and in about nine months and one week, cause you could see people counting on their fingers. Uh, <laughs> Steve was, Steve Jr. was born. <laughs> That's great. So you guys had your first child and kind of take me through what life was like and, you know, special parts of, of, you know, what was your relationship like at that point? And you guys, you dated for a year and a half, you finally get married, you have your first child right away. So what was your relationship like? What was life like? Well, I can still remember she's a, she was a registered nurse and intensive care nurse. And I can remember picking her up in her nurse's uniform. Uh, when she got in the car, she said, well, I killed a rabbit today. Uh, that's how she told me that she was pregnant. And uh, when, when the first day, uh, the, the greatest day of Judy's life and mine was June 30th, 1969, the day our Steve was born. Uh, you know, we loved them all the same, all six, but he was the first. And to us, both of us felt this way. The greatest, the greatest thing in the world the greatest job, the most demanding, most rewarding is being a parent. And we absolutely loved it. And, and then, you know, Judy got pregnant very quickly again. And, uh, and, you know, I guess we went through what everyone went through, you know, you love Steve so much. How are we ever going to be able to love the next baby the same way? And you know something, I heard a great one. When you have a number of children, you don't divide your love, you multiply it. And when Chris, you know, arrived, we loved him every bit as much as we loved Steve and the same with the next four. We ended up with six and we finally discovered what caused it. It was in the water in Havertown. So we started drinking wine. (laughs) (laughs) That might've been a good decision. For your sanity. (laughs) You had six children in the span of how long? Uh, The age range is 14 years from the oldest to the youngest. Uh, Steve, Steve, the oldest was born in, uh, in June of uh, 1969. And Katie, our baby was born in December of 1982. Wow. So what was life like all those years? How did you guys keep your love going when you have so many other lives to focus on in your children. How do you guys keep your love well, strong? I, I will tell you one thing. I, I, I think when you watch the Brady Bunch, if you remember that, uh, yeah. in some respects, they did a disservice because in the Brady Bunch, the husband and wife always had time to sit together and talk. That's not reality when you have six kids, especially when you have them uh, broken up the way we do age-wise. So I would get home from I was in the state legislature, and, and so we were in session in Harrisburg. That's 100 miles away. Never stayed overnight. Always took the train home. I'd get home. by the When we 
finished dinner. By the time we finished dinner, got the youngest to bed, did the homework of the second set uh, uh, of children, made the lunches, did the homework for the third set, you know, uh, got the dishes done and all that. It was 11, 1130. And sometimes we were just too damn tired to talk. You know, I mean, it, 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 it was not easy. And I'll tell you what's really funny. Now, all of my children who have their own children now, uh, the, the most any of them have is three uh, down to some of them have just one. They remark, uh, how did Judy do it with six? And she did. She ran a great house. She was truly amazing. She really was. A little bit more about your loves. You're saying, obviously, with six children, it was very hard to, you know, give that time to each other some nights. But but how you obviously did. I mean, you guys were still married and had a, you know, seemingly loving, strong relationship. Did you guys put any work into it? How do you feel you manage through those years? Uh, it, it's, it's all about commitment. There's no such thing as a marriage made in heaven. Doesn't exist. I mean, that's that's uh, we certainly had our arguments, you know, but we we did truly love each other. And um, what I regret was you got to be a little bit selfish in life. And Judy was never selfish uh, because sometimes you need something for yourself. And I would say, let's go out to dinner. You know, I mean, the kids were little. No, no, no. I don't want to get a babysitter. You know, we have to take care of the children. So uh, I, I I regret that. When we when the kids were all grown and I had a job where I traveled a lot and had a lot of points, I said, OK, we're going to do traveling. We're going to go to Europe. We're going to do, do a number of trips. She didn't want to leave the children or the grandchildren. She didn't want to leave the dogs. You know, I forced her being a mean SOB, forced her to go and. <laughs> She loved uh, kicking and screaming for each trip, but loved every one of them. And I'm so glad I did that because we we'll, can never take away those memories. Absolutely. So take us now through when things started to change, when, you know, Judy got her diagnosis, you know, what things were like at that time. Yeah. Um, it's funny, our, 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 not funny, wrong word, but our last trip to Europe was June of 2012. Uh, and we went to Denmark and Sweden and we walked eight, 10 miles a day, had a great time, you know, got home uh, late June, early July, July 11th, Judy is in to get her uh, uh, mammography. And she was always on time with it. She's a registered nurse. I was away on business in Hawaii. That's when she got diagnosed that metastatic breast cancer uh, that had spread through her body. And, uh, but typical Judy, always thinking about others rather than herself. I got home from, she didn't tell me on the phone. I got home from Hawaii on that Friday, uh, July 13th, but she figured I'd be tired. Uh, you know, from the trip, she waited till the following Monday night, July 16th, to tell me. Uh, wow. And a week later, my son Pete and his wife Angie had reached, recently purchased their home and were having a housewarming party the next week. She didn't want to spoil, spoil the party. No one was to know. Steve, my oldest, was scheduled to come up 
uh, from Texas with his wife uh, in early August uh, with uh, Adriana, that's my daughter-in-law's parents. And she wanted to hold off telling anybody till they had a good time down at the shore. Uh, that's the way she was. You know, um, she was always thinking about other people. And uh, I, I think one of the cruelest things about cancer is that a lot of times it gives you false hope. Despite the diagnosis, she was doing great. In fact, she was doing so well, she was getting oral uh, chemo every day. And then once every two weeks, outpatient for the day in the hospital getting uh, IV uh, chemo. So well that they felt that the IV chemo only one more shot for at least a year and a half. And even though she'd never be, quote, cancer free, uh, given her age, they didn't think it would affect her life expectancy, that she would live for a number of years. Uh, it was, uh, she was doing great. So I went away. I, when, when Judy got diagnosed, I did all my work from home. In my work, I travel all the time. I was a labor negotiator for, for a large company. So she was doing so well that um, I took a trip to Chicago and got a call from the kids saying, uh, mom is having these really terrible headaches and she's slurring her words. And I flew right home and I was afraid it was a stroke. And I wish to God it had been a stroke because it wasn't what happened was the cancer got in the spinal fluid, went to the brain. And... Um, then we, we brought her home. Uh, once they have the diagnosis, they said there's nothing we can do. We brought her home and we had a month with her. And, uh, and, and we had some really good days. In fact, one thing that we did, and I still get, you know, one of the greatest movies of all time is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Years and years ago on Mother's Day, when all the kids were at the house, we served her breakfast in bed. And we all in the bedroom, on the bed, watch Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Flash forward to Judy in bed, dying with cancer. All six children, and I'm getting choked up a little bit now when I say this. All six children, we were there watching with Judy Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So it was, uh, and when we brought her home, we didn't think she was going to make it to Thanksgiving. So what I did, we brought her home in like uh, October 27th. And... Uh, I called a caterer, and the following Sunday, uh, first Sunday in November, we had a sit-down Thanksgiving dinner for the entire family. And when I mean the entire family, I'm talking about all the sisters, my brother, all the spouses, all the nieces and nephews, like 40-some people. Uh, had a sit-down dinner with the bar, and served just, you know, we were all together. And it's a wonderful memory, and she enjoyed herself that day. You know, she couldn't get out of bed, of course, but... Uh, the six of the six children and I uh, for the dinner had a bed right beside her, uh, had a table right beside her bed uh, for Thanksgiving, uh, Thanksgiving dinner. So it was uh, still hard, you know, and even it, it'll be eight years in November and sometimes it's still hard to believe. So anyway, tell me a little bit, you know, again, as much as you feel comfortable, what that final month together was like. You know, it's, 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 it's funny because a very good friend of mine, a grade school classmate, uh, her husband, a couple of years after Judy died, died of a heart attack. Well, you know, no warning or anything like that. And uh, 
And, and I, I said to her, I said, what was the last thing you did? She said, well, when we were leaving, they uh, gave me a, the dog would always bark when he would kiss her. So they put the dog on and they gave her a kiss and I smiled and said, see you tonight. And that was their last memory, which was wonderful. Um, that was not the case with us because it, it got really tough toward the end. Plus the fact, Judy, always thinking about others, wanted her blood taken, wanted tissue taken to put in the bank for research uh, for the kids, you know, for uh, especially the two daughters. Uh, you know, Judy died of breast cancer. Her mother died of breast cancer. Her twin had breast cancer. So mm. she wanted that all in a bank for research for them. And I can remember the nurse trying to get blood from her. And here I am praying. You know, if you told me that what I'd be praying, my wife is dying, just praying that they would stop the pain and get a little bit of blood so she'd be satisfied. That's what we went through. Uh, it was a tough time. It was a very tough time. We, 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 now, we had, especially in the first couple of weeks of that last month, we had some really good days. You know, uh, people would come to visit, the relatives and all that, and she had some good days. Uh, and then in the end, uh, and we just had a, I woke up that, that night and Katie was there. Uh, and the two of us were there by the bed and we knew something was happening and we were it was just the two of us there when when judy passed away curious in those final good weeks did you get the opportunity to have any sort of conversations and or like relive your life or talk about all the happy and special things and really focus on your love together at that point we did we did and i also got time to get instructions from judy number one um uh, she wanted me to meet someone else. You know, she wanted me to, you know, love somebody else. That hasn't happened. It's not going to happen. You know, yeah. uh, she wanted to make sure that every grandchild got a thousand dollar gift and not just the grandchildren alive, but when each one is born, uh, they get that. So when each new grandchild is born, I send a handwritten note telling him or her about uh, his or her, grandmother and uh, how much she loved them, you know, with, with the gift. Uh, we talked about our first date and we talked, we, we, we had some, there was some very good days, you know, as I tell you, I, it was wonderful. I mean, the, the first builder thing, I have to tell you that she, she, to the very end, she had the great sarcastic bite. Now <laughs> the nurses are, are working, they're moving around and I'm helping them. And I'm saying, I'll tell you, listen, here's what we're doing. We're going to have to move you a little bit this way. Uh, and she looked up at me so sweetly and she said, Steve, are you a lawyer? And I said, yeah, honey, you know, I'm a lawyer. She said, well, I'm a nurse. <laughs> you know, I love that. <laughs> I, I just loved it. I just, God bless her. I still think of that. <laughs> uh, it was great. It was great. Oh, that's, that's really great. <laughs> I, 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 will, I will say this, uh, and I said this, Yolji, that one of my jobs, as long as I'm around, would be to keep her alive for the grandchildren, the ones, you know, who didn't remember her, the ones who weren't born and all. I don't really have to do that. My kids have done such a wonderful job. Every one of my grandchildren. But, you know, I'm 
Six have been born after Judy passed away. Every one of them knows who grandmother or Juju or, or you know, is. And uh, they know what she looks like. They know all about her. Uh, on October, uh, not October, on August 20th of every year, it's not going to happen this year because of the virus. Uh, on her birthday, I take the whole family out to dinner. The whole family, you know, all the all the kids, all the grandchildren, and uh, and the price of admission for each one is the Judy story, you know. <laughs> and uh, and we and we celebrate her birthday, we celebrate her life, and we keep her alive. You know, there are some people, and Teddy Roosevelt was one. If you study his life, when his first wife died, never mentioned her name again. Uh, and and to me, I want to talk about her all the time. I want the kids to know about her. I want to keep her alive, and we do that. We do that. I feel pretty good about that. I love that. I think that's a very important, you know, and everyone, of course, has their own opinions on that. But I, too, agree and believe that that is so incredibly important. What can you just tell me time wise? Um, so you guys were married in your young 20s. How long were you married before you guys lost Judy? Uh, we were married in 1968. Judy uh, passed away in 2012 we were married 44 years you know um and we and we had the formula judy had the formula for a long-lasting marriage uh judy always said she would never leave me until i was worth something so we, <laughs> we were going to do you know 60 or 70 years together so uh, you know <laughs> you're right like you lost her after spending such a wonderful life together and having so many beautiful children and even grandchildren. And the fact that she got to experience all that, do you feel like there would never be enough time to get all that you wanted out of a life with her? Oh, I, I guess that's normal, but uh, we did a lot together. And, and as I said, the trips, especially after the kids were grown, I'm so glad I was such an SOB and forced her to go, you know, because we have those wonderful, wonderful memories. Uh, uh, we, all the good times we had, uh, you know, it's just that uh, I'll tell you what you realize, though. And I'm sure I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I'm preaching to the choir here. You never, ever know. And so you got to really and it's easy to say and hard to do. But you have to take every day for what it is, an irrepeatable gift, because you never, never know, you know. And uh, I just. Uh, I mean, I, we had our fights and now I look back and I, I just, uh, as all, you know, married couples do, I just regret the time that we uh, argued and fought over stuff that was stupid uh, because the time is so precious. My, my one granddaughter said something years ago, and I can still remember this after Judy passed away. And she said, wouldn't it be wonderful if the people you love who died could come back once a year on their birthday? And I thought about that all the time. And I thought if I knew she's come back, obviously I'd stay up all 24 hours, you know, I mean, would stay up. And I also wonder too, when I hear these songs that we used to dance to, the slow songs, and I wonder uh, if I could just, uh, I don't want to get emotional here. If I could just have one more slow dance with Judy, one slow dance, what would I say to her? And maybe Maybe I wouldn't even say anything. Maybe I'd just be content holding her, you know? So anyway. Absolutely. Do you know what you would say? Uh, just how much I love her. Um, how much I never expected 
things to end as, as soon as they did. Now you say as soon as 44, but she was young. She was 67 years old. Uh, I will I will say this. Whenever you start to feel sorry for yourself, you've, you realize there are others who have it more difficult. After Judy passed away, I went on a cruise with uh, two of my sons. And there was a young woman in her early 40s who was there whose husband had just died. And that in and of itself, that's really sad. He was in his 40s as well. She didn't have any children. She was alone. And as devastating as it was when Judy passed away, I have six really, really wonderful children. We're a super close family. Five of my six children, 11 of my 13 grandchildren, live within five to six minutes of me. You know, so, and they're always there. What would you want people to take away from your love story? Commitment. I think one of the biggest problems today in our society, there's no commitment. If the marriage isn't made in heaven, it doesn't exist, get a divorce. You don't like the job, quit. You don't want the baby, have an abortion. You know, commitment. I mean, yeah, we had tough times, but we were committed. We were committed to each other. And we were committed to our children. That's what you take away. That, I think, is the most important thing, the commitment, you know, sticking in through the good times and the bad. And every marriage has the good times and the bad and uh, and being together. And uh, and I uh, I don't think I don't think I do anything any differently. Uh, well, you know, the, the dumb fights, maybe, but not much differently. I just like to be able to do it all over again. Well, thank you for sharing your story, um, telling us about Judy, opening up, being honest and and really kind of putting it all out there. We uh, really appreciate it. So thank you so much. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to Love String, love stories that tie us all together. Stay tuned for episode four, where you'll meet Sarisha and Nate. Sarisha and Nate walk us through the coming together of their two different cultures to create one beautiful love story. If you have a love story you want to share, we want to hear it. Email us at lovestringpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe. Until then, keep looking for it. Love is all around.